Well, your son's brain is complex, and it may seem impossible, but you can understand it. This is Focus on the Family, and we're very pleased to have Dr. Gregory Jantz back with us today to discuss how you can raise your son to be a man of character who loves God. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Uh, Last time we started a fascinating discussion about the brains of our boys and how they think, feel, and process. And certainly some of this is applicable to uh, you parents who have girls. Uh, These are common things, but boys as we talk about them specifically today, seem to have uh, these assets in abundance, like the asset of not being able to concentrate without moving, (laughs) which we covered last time. And today we're going to come back and talk more about how you can be the best parent for your boys uh, because you know how God has wired them. And Jim, I would be remiss if I didn't note that our producer, a woman, said this applies to women who are married to men that think differently. So it helps it helps a <laughs> wife understand how her guy is thinking. It's so true. And Dr. Gregory Jantz is a psychologist and uh, the author of dozens of books. And the one that really is kind of foundational for today's conversation is called Raising Boys by Design. The subtitle is What the Bible and Brain Science Reveal About What Your Son Needs to Thrive. Dr. Jantz, welcome back to Focus. Oh, I love this topic. I do, and I'm with you because being a dad of two boys, I uh, was laughing last time thinking, yep, that's one, no, that's him, and that's me, and that's my wife, Jean, in that conversation. So it really related. I know it related to uh, many, many of those Mm -hmm. listening last time. We want to pick it up again today because there's so much more to cover from your book, Raising Boys by Design. Let me start with Genesis, though. Let's go right to the beginning. Genesis 1.27, the scripture says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What do you think scripture's telling you as a psychologist trained in brain science and brain chemistry? How does that line up with what you see in the natural world? Well, we see natural differences, and we want to honor those. Too often, uh, right now in our culture, there's, there's a dishonoring of how God made us. So we are male and female. That means we are wired differently. And uh, you'll notice this, anybody who has a boy and a girl, you go, oh, yeah, no kidding. And you start to see the differences really early on. Let's celebrate those differences. But let's also do what we can to uh, protect and to raise our boy to be a godly man. Uh, You say something that could be a bit controversial. Yes. uh, And it's along this line. You believe that God's placed within every boy a desire for greatness. Now, I'm sure you're not saying girls don't have a desire to be great, because they do too. Absolutely. But what distinction do you have there? Why do boys have seemingly an innate drive to be better than the guy next to them? Okay, we're going to usually see a lot more competition start out. Uh, You'll probably see this early on. A boy uh, will take a stick or take something, and they will make a weapon, or they'll make a gun. You go, we don't have any guns in our home. Why did he do that? (laughs) (laughs) Where did this come from? (laughs) It's across all cultures, by the way, with boys, that they will make a weapon out of something. And so we see early on uh, this uh, desire to compete, early on a desire to conquer. Uh, It's the boys that are going to spend 
hours and hours with the the Legos or with the figures. Oh, isn't and that gonna the truth? Ha- they're going to have battles. Our culture is getting so acclimated to political correctness. Yes. Some will cringe when they hear you say that. That, that no, no, that's not right. But you're I trying know. to point out that there are just core differences between boys and girls. And it's better to embrace it and know how to raise them with those uniquenesses rather than try to form them into something that they're not. Absolutely. And that's, that is what I'm saying. Um, so often that tenderness, it's good yes. for boys to be tender, but at the same time, they want to experiment with their ability. I'm thinking about the little yeah. boy who, and I've seen this over and over again uh, at a park with my own boys, where mom is so cautious mm-hmm. that they'll rescue their little boys from things that are not harmful. They might get a scrape on the knee or something right. like that, but they're trying to, with um, clinical precision, keep them from all harm. <laughs> sure. You know, wrap them in body bubble tape yeah. so they don't get hurt. Why is that not wise for a parent, particularly for moms? Why is that unwise for them hmm. to protect their sons in that way? Their son needs to have learning and what we'll call natural consequences. So you fall down, you scrape your knee. Okay, we'll put a Band-Aid on it. But we're not going to be so overprotective that they don't have natural consequences to learn from. Hmm. Now, as a mom, they're drawing from their own little girl experience. Sure. And what you're really saying and what I'm hearing is that eh, girls are a little smarter than boys. <laughs> they don't need to you know, scratch <laughs> right. themselves yes. in order to figure yeah. it out. But there's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? There really is. You know, I'm reminded boys are going to play differently. It's going to seem rough. It's going to seem sometimes like fighting. And uh, a mom may say, (laughs) whoa, you guys, stop hitting each other. And, you know, or they're wanting to intervene on it. Whereas the boys, this is just play. They're having fun. Last night is a battle on the couch. And (laughs) one of my kids had his feet on the other one's legs. And it turned into, hey, Get your feet off my legs. No, my feet were there first. Move your legs from my feet. Bam, 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 bam. Exactly. And of course, Gene's like, what are they doing? And I'm saying they're just getting to know territory mm-hmm. where they could push each That's other. That's right. <laughs> and that was a natural process, by the way. Yeah, and it keeps going even at that age. Your boys are how old? Okay, I have a senior in high school. He's 17. Okay. And I have an eighth grader who's 14. So we're living we're the in dream. The, we're in the middle of this. I have a sophomore and an eighth grader, so we're all in. Yes. When uh, you talk about HEROES, the acronym yes. HERO, and we ended last time wanting to get to this acronym uh, to equip parents to think of their boys in this way. What does HERO mean, and how do we apply it day sure. to day? Every boy has a need to be a hero. This is why the superheroes growing up, right? They're looking to who, who is their hero. I want you to teach your boy that he is a hero. The H in hero stands for honor. Uh, We need to teach our boys integrity and honor, which really means doing the right thing. Can we compete with the culture, uh, Dr. Jantz, that is telling our boys in so many different ways that heroes have dark sides? I mean, almost every hero today now has this dark side that we didn't really see growing up. It was always positive for us that a hero always had only the right attributes. But today, whether it's Marvel comics or the movies right. that are made from them, they all seem to have just you know an edge of this uncertainty and this darkness mm-hmm. in their heart, along with all the good attributes. Mm-hmm. 
can we convince our boys that they can be heroes, they can grow up to be men of integrity, even with this avalanche of kind of darkness falling Well, and I think them? we need to teach them what's a true hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things you're going to teach a young man is, in integrity, you're going to teach him to be compassionate. A, uh, a hero is one with honor that is going to uh, speak truth. And so this takes some time. This is, uh, as you're developing the hero within your boy, uh, you're going to need to have strategies that we talk about. But remember and carry this near to you. The H is honor. Teach them honor. That's yeah. doing the right thing. And I, I just think, Jim, of the uh, the scriptural precedence here where it's a process. I mean, as you yes. were just asking about heroes, I thought, well, in the scripture, pretty much every hero had a dark side. They were all flawed men. And that's true. I mean, the scripture says we're all sinners saved by grace, and we're going to have those things. But it, it just yes. seems as you're trying to convince your son to be that hero, it it, it comes with the acknowledgement that you're not always going to be perfect. And that's important for them to hear, I think, that yeah. you're going to have perhaps some times when you're not at the top of your honor game. And you got to recognize it and correct it. That's what the Lord wants from your heart. That's that developing that sensitive heart. And right. that's in your boy. It's there. Yeah, which is fantastic. Um, let's move through the acronym, though. You talked uh, quite a bit about honor. You mentioned enterprise, yes. which is the E in hero. Right. I love that. What, what are you driving toward? Oh, we see this with our boys early on, the enterprising nature. Boys have dreams. Have you noticed that? I'm going to be this. Or <laughs> right. They have a big vision. And they may be talking a lot about something that to you may sound unrealistic or pie in the sky, but boys have visions. What's an error a parent will make in that moment rather than embracing the unrealistic vision? What do we say that dampens it? Well, we tend to pour cold water on it, and um, we, we're, we're probably quick to criticize it. Or, or we're, And let's just step back. Let the boy have a vision. Let him have a dream. He's going to learn uh, along the way. But God puts, this is part of that enterprising nature. And you'll probably see this with your boys early on. They're building things. They're talking about what they're going to do in the future. Uh, let him have that. Well, and in fact, your uh, teenager, your senior in yes. high school, he had a dream about doing a business, and you let him get started in it. We actually helped him when he was 11 years old. 11? And uh, hmm. he worked himself up to have a storefront, and he hired uh, kids that were older than him, knowing he had, <laughs> he had to go to school. Right. <laughs> so, I got another job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and But we, we took that. We saw early on an enterprising uh, nature with this young man. Yeah. So we took that and we did it in steps. We did it in baby steps uh, to see could he actually, because there's a testing of, you can be really passionate about something, but do you have the uh, where all to really carry this through? Yeah. And what so, a great lesson for him though. So yes. And he's 17 now and the business is going and it's a, it's a tour, Segway tour business. He's doing right? Segway tours in our community. That yes. Is fun. Historic. So here's the thing. He had to learn about uh, the history of our area. So he, he's going to do a historical tour, uh, which means you have to go out and, and talk to people, gather history, create a tour route, uh, come up with some fun and interesting facts. And so one of the things that, uh, uh, that forced was, okay, it's not just having 
all the fun writing these segues, what does it really mean to have a business? And pay for the segues. And, exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. I'm sure some moms are going, don't you know that? That would be dangerous for them to ride on that. Maybe some dads, too. Uh, the other uh, letter in Hero, R, responsibility. Yes. Uh, explain what you're getting at with responsibility. Yes. Um, <laughs> Every parent's going, yeah, tell me oh, about that one. Yeah. You know when responsibility is taking hold in their life when they stop blaming. A, a kid will rationalize mm. their behavior or they'll blame others. So a real turning point with responsibility is when they take self-responsibility. Do you see that occurring at a particular age generally, or can it happen at 12 as much as it will happen at 18? Or is it that uh, cortex development that you've talked about before and that science is saying for boys, that judgment part of the brain right. maturing in their early 20s? So is that normally what you see? A boy begins to understand responsibility in their late teen years, early They're 20s? They're going to get it more and more in that probably late teens. Yeah. You're going to see them take responsibility. Uh, n not uncommon to have a boy want to always rationalize his behavior, not take responsibility. Uh, don't get terribly concerned about that yet. <laughs> What's a dialogue you can have with sure. that 15, 16, maybe 17-year-old okay. where the, you're noticing as the parent they're not taking that responsibility. They're deflecting the problem. Um, what's a dialogue uh, you can have with them? Teach us how you would sure. talk to that well, son. One of the things I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask if they understand w what it is I'm expecting. And so ask them the question. What does responsibility look like in the situation that uh, you're apparently not doing your homework? Um, what would it look like? It's the if, teacher's fault. Yes. So, or <laughs> That's you know, what say. so first of all, you have to find out. Well, are, are they really having an academic struggle? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we know that boys are oftentimes will struggle in school. So, is it a learning style? Uh, is it a true struggle, or is it just they're not doing it? So, talk to them about the consequences, the natural consequence. So one of the things that we've done is, well, um, if you don't do well in this class and you know what that looks like, that means that uh, maybe during the summer you'll be redoing this class. Is that how you would like to use your time? So play it out for them. Hmm. So we actually had a situation where uh, one of our young men didn't fully believe that but so he actually did do a class over the summer he tested yeah. it and and now he goes no no i don't want to do that again right okay so now taking responsibility sometimes taking responsibility is painful because it takes courage yeah well that's the her and hero yes now we got to get to the oh originality so you think boys are driven for originality they are they need to know that they are uh, original. They need to know that, hey, I do have good ideas. They're one of a kind. Yes. They need to know that. <laughs> That's fun. I mean, it's part of that dreamer mentality. Absolutely. But again, as we said, you know, these attributes fall to both boys and girls. You're saying it's oh, just absolutely. most common. This is how a boy will think. It, correct. Dr. Jantz, uh, probably one of the overriding parenting principles that many of us, particularly Christians, but not just Christians, 
that we want to train our, our children in and our boys in is the character development and self-discipline. Yes. Um, how do we begin to build character and self-discipline effectively? Our boys are going to, first of all, be watching us. Okay. okay. Ouch. All right. Uh-huh. Really, they do. They're going to learn from us. Yeah, that's true. So you think about character. Character is something that's observed, and they're learning that by how we are. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're seeing us do the right thing. They're learning from us. So it's interesting. Character is something that's developed over time. And one of the things is have a life verse for your son. Mm -hmm. Uh, Help them discover a life verse. Describe that for the person that isn't familiar with that concept. Well, one of the things that that we did was we worked with uh, our sons to have a verse that is important to them. Uh, a Bible verse. A, a Bible verse. verse. And one that our oldest son has is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Now, that verse is actually engraved on a sword, okay? And that sword hangs above his bed, okay? In a dangerous Which way is it hanging? Hangs down over his heart. We're thinking the same thing. <laughs> I know. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So an object... So what that sword represents, okay, and then a verse engraved on it as a reminder. So that's a life verse. That is etched into his DNA, his heart. Mm-hmm. I can do all things. And to live your life with that character. Yeah, that's the way to build it. Let's get practical. What about that son who all of a sudden you notice he's not telling the truth sure. like he used to? Now when he's under pressure, he's prevaricating. He's spinning it a little bit okay. to his advantage. How do you address that? Well, you may have these seasons with your son that he's testing things, and maybe something's happened at school, and he's losing some confidence. So if I'm losing confidence, I may be inclined then to fabricate <laughs> or lie. Right. Okay, so look and see. What's the source of this? All of a sudden... You know, it seems like he's not telling the truth. It seems like he's hiding things. Well, look and see what's underneath that. Did something happen? Uh, Remember, our sons are more fragile than what we first think. So here's what I want you to be aware of. If he's lying to you, explore with him what else is going on in his life. Why he feels he needs to. Yes, because he's probably had a drop of confidence. Yeah. That's an interesting path to follow. Usually the behavior is the symptom of something deeper. Yes. And I like that encouragement. Uh, You talk specifically about engaging your son in conversation uh, to help develop that character growth. That would be part of it. But not just pointing out the things that are, oh, needy in the character of your son, but Mm -hmm. also affirming those things which are good, right? Oh, please do, yes. <laughs> and what is there like a ratio you need to think about in that regard? I think in marriage they say, you know, 10 or right. 5 or 10 affirmations to every one negative thing you might well, say. Well, here's a simple way to remember it. Give your son, and this is true, This maybe you're a grandparent. They all need a look, a touch, and a word. So your son, if you have a good word for him, touch him on the shoulder. Hmm. Okay, Always include the touch. The touch with a positive word is very affirming. So find ways to do that. When I say a a look, um, look at them, 
give them the word and give them a touch. So when you want to make sure that you've got something positive to say to them, combine it with good eye contact and a touch. I could see a difference when I do that. Uh, one time somebody gave me the advice uh, and I took it, which was when you're tucking the boys in bed, just tell them they're good enough. Yeah. And I thought that sounds kind of simple and silly, really. I don't think they're going to respond to that. But I can remember it was profound. They were probably five and seven when I did that. And I remember my oldest, it lit him up. I mean, he had the biggest smile on his face and just said, thanks, Dad. Yeah. It made a difference for him. Um, why? Well, and you've brought out, Jim, such an important point. At the close of a day, the last words, and as they're tucked into bed, irregardless of their age, let them know they're loved and you're proud of them. Mm. Give them that hug. Uh, my 17-year-old son, uh, we still go, we still have prayer in the bedroom, and he will raise up out of bed and give me a hug and his mom a hug, and I will always make sure before he goes to sleep that the last words he hears is that his parents believe in him, we're proud of him. He is loved. Yeah. So I, I, I heard what you just said about letting the uh, the day end well. There are times when it doesn't for, yes, for us. Yes. So uh, how big is that, and how do I recover from those times where, yeah, that, that night didn't end the way I wanted it to? I think we're going to close the loop. I think we're going to say, you know, I was thinking about last night, and we had some challenges yesterday. And I just want to acknowledge those with you. I know we had some challenges. I just want you to know how much I love you. Keep the relationship. Yes. Keep the relationship. Bring it back around. So when there's been conflict, mm -hmm. when there's been anger, don't allow that to be a loose end. Hey, Greg, um, this sounds exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I really have to pay that much attention to this it, thing called parenting. It you is, saying, it is, yeah, it is some absolutely. Work. Yes, uh, but it does. Uh, rather than seeing it as your top priority, there's only a short season. These kids are going to be in your home. Right. I mean, that's the thing that I often forget because I think, wow, another issue, another thing, and we have to be reminded that you have about 18 years right, uh, to really do the job you need to do. And some would say, some researchers, by 10, 11, the moral fiber right. is mostly there. It's built, whether for good or for ill. And then it's a matter of keeping them uh, mindful of the boundaries. Um, it's an important job. Don't take it lightly. But I want you to express it. Where do you find time to be so in tune with your child that the things at mm. work, the things in your marriage... Um, you manage this all appropriately. Yes, it's so important, and it's an ongoing work. We're always prioritizing, reprioritizing, and look for things with your kids. They'll have favorite things they like to do. Uh, engage yourself into their world. Find multiple ways that you can bond with them on things that they like to do. Have time just with, uh, if you have more than one son or kids, find one-on-one -on -one time. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll know if they're a priority in your life. And you're right. The seeds you're planting now, they'll come back to you. 
Keep planting those seeds. Keep planting and keep watering. And yes. if you don't get fruit the first year, don't don't give up. <laughs> it may take a year or two. Oh, and it may take getting out of junior high. <laughs> yeah, right. That definitely <laughs> the, is The true. seeds have been planted. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Dr. Greg Jantz, again, it was terrific to have you at Focus these last couple of days. For that desperate mom or dad, um, what am I going to do uh, to begin to move the sun in a slightly different direction? Besides prayer. <laughs> oh, always cover them with prayer and a blessing. Yeah. And have patience. Patience is good. Patience is good. And don't lose heart. You keep planting those seeds. You stay with that son and keep in relationship with him. The long He view. has a future and he has hope. That is good. Great to have you with us. Well, we've been very pleased to have Dr. Gregory Jantz here at Focus on the Family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. As you're developing the hero in your son, it really is important to help him realize that he's not going to be perfect, and that's okay. But it is a privilege to come alongside and support your boy emotionally and academically. Always remember that as you navigate your parenting journey with your son. Our resource offering is called Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. You'll find that on our website at safamily.co.za. Well, as we come to the end of 2022, we'd like to say thank you for listening to Focus on the Family. We also want to share our deep appreciation for everyone who supported us financially and in prayer. Your faithfulness has enabled us to continue our ministry to families. We're looking forward to reaching even more families in the coming year. And I'm eager to see how God will work through you and focus on the family to touch so many in 2023. From me, Graham Schnell, on behalf of the Focus team, have a blessed new year. And please join us next time on Focus on the Family, where we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.